0: Hello and welcome, welcome back to the Connected Divergence podcast. My name is Tina Etheridge. I'm a radical ADHD and ADHD acceptance coach, and today I want to talk to you about time and that feeling of when we look at the clock, specifically, when we look at the clock and we see that it's later in the day and we have this thought, oh my God, it's so late, I've wasted the day and now I don't have enough time. And I want to offer you a mindset shift around this experience so that you can feel differently and rewire your brain to look at the clock and have a different set of beliefs, a different set of values and intentions that is going to allow you to take a very different path for the rest of your day. So context, this has been a fairly recent change for me, maybe in the last couple months, where I've been kind of directly, kind of subconsciously working on this experience because I kind of heard it echoing and reverberating with some of my clients and in some other spaces. And I guess just subconsciously, I've started problem solving of like, what perspectives can I offer that would help people change this and think differently and feel differently? And you know that experience, right? I, where we look at the clock and we think, oh my gosh, it's so late. And it's funny, it doesn't really matter what time it is, right? It could be, you know, depending on if you're a morning person or an evening person um, when you wake up in the day, but there's just like a certain time where we set to ourselves and we're like, oh, this is too late, we are too far gone, we've waited too long, we've wasted the day. And maybe if you're a morning person, that's like 11 o'clock or noon, And if you're somebody who wakes up a little bit later, that could be one o'clock, three o'clock, five o'clock, seven o'clock, who knows, whatever it is for you, but it's just this universal experience of, oh my God, (laughs) it's so late, I don't have enough time, I'm running out of time. But the thing is, having ADHD especially means that we do not have a linear perception of time. right? So isn't it so interesting that not having a linear perception of time, right? Being people who are prone to hyper-focus and getting hyper-fixated on things and getting sucked in and you know maybe you're working on a project and then you look up and somehow three hours have gone by or you're getting ready for bed and it's nine o'clock and you've done such a great job getting into bed early and you're like, oh, let me just scroll my phone for a little bit and then you accidentally go down a Downton Abbey rabbit hole and researching all of the characters and cast in the setting and what is it like to live in England and what are these castles and everything else and then you find that it's 3 a.m. Oops, like didn't even know time was passing. So I talk about some more structural facets to the experience of the non-linear perception of time and tools that I recommend for that in another episode. I believe it is episode seven, and in that episode I talk about some concrete tools to help us with time blindness, and I sure hope I talked about this one, but it's the one that's popping into my brain right now, Um, using an app like Chime for iOS, where you get this like alert, this vibration, this chime, whatever it is, um, at the half hour mark or the one hour mark to help with your perception of time. I feel like I talked about that in this episode, but I'm not remembering but right, like that's a structural external approach of like my brain is literally not responding to the passing of time. So here's a tool that I can use, right, to help my brain feel, like support my brain really in feeling out um, the sensation of time passing. There you go. That's an external tool. But in that episode, I also talk about the internal experience and more of the emotional experience. So if time blindness, um the non-linear perception of time is something that you struggle with, check out that episode, it's episode seven. But today I really want to drill down to the very, very specific trigger, right? The, the thing that begins the chain reaction, the thought patterns that occur when we look at the clock. Because looking at the clock is a neutral experience, right? It is just an action. (laughs) There is no emotional attachment to it, right? It's just the act of looking at the clock and seeing the numbers on the clock. But what happens is our brains attach layers of experiences. And so our brains attach, right? And we build neural networks and neural patternings to look at the clock and then have an emotional experience around that. And (laughs) the one that most of us default to is we look at the clock, so there's the trigger, and then we default on this pathway of, oh my gosh, I don't have enough time. I'm running out of time. There isn't enough time. And what are the consequences of this um, thought pattern, right? Because I think there are consequences to this pat- pattern. Like, what happens in our brains and our bodies? How does thinking this way and feeling this way make us feel? Is it inspiring is it like oh yeah yes let me <laughs> let me really settle down and like get some work done no it's very shame based it's very um oh gosh i don't know what other word to use besides like scarcity or like not enoughness um or like i fucked it all up right that's the feeling truly and that creates discomfort that creates nervous system dysregulation and so what happens then right we're gonna our brains are very smart our brains are trying to keep us safe so we are going to run away we are going to go into flight or freeze or right we're going to scroll on our phones we're going to avoid and push away because of this extreme discomfort that our brains and our bodies are experiencing and then more time passes and then we shame ourselves even more and then we say oh, well, you know, 3.30, 3.30, I'll get started, 3.30 for sure. And then time passes and it's like 3.03 and you look at the clock and you're like, well, maybe 3.45. <laughs> right? I think we've all been there. So allow me to offer you an alternative instead. What happens when you choose on purpose, very intentionally, very on purpose, To believe, you know, when we look at the clock, right? We might have those thoughts pop up, right? That's our default neural pathway, that's okay. But to then create space to tell ourselves and to choose to hold space for the belief that I have plenty of time and there is enough time. And with these words, right, I don't necessarily just mean like these empty, meaningless words of just saying it just to say it, but right? What happens when you tell yourself, I have enough time, there is plenty of time? What changes and shifts in your body, right? For me, my shoulders drop, this tightness in my stomach loosens, and I literally somatically in my body feel differently. And when I was kind of in the process of doing this rewiring, I would actually write those words on sticky notes, on note cards to help support my brain and me remembering, right? Because I have the little clock on my MacBook, so I see it all the time, but then I would put this note card right next to it so that I could say and remember to tell myself and remind myself, I have enough time, there is enough time. And really what this is about is unshaming and creating nervous system regulation. So when we unshame and we create even just a little bit more safety in our nervous systems, What happens? Well, it allows us to think a little bit more spaciously. So allow me to give you an example that is happening to me today. So I had this experience, right? I was right there today where I looked at the clock and I saw, oh my gosh, it's three o'clock and I have done nothing today, right? That sort of default pathway that I've had for so many years. But then as soon as I had that thought, I reminded myself. Okay, Tina, let's finish that thought out completely. Remember, you have time, there is enough time. What if there was, and if that, okay, yeah. Ooh, if that feels too strong, right? I have time, there is enough time. Try, what if there was enough time? What if I actually have time, right? Sometimes the what if can make these sort of statements feel a little bit more um, tolerable, a little bit more, what's the word? Um easy to embrace than a harder statement like, I have enough time, right? If you say I have enough time and you look at the clock and you're like, I don't believe this, you're lying to me, try what if statements, they can make it a little bit more gentle. Okay. And here is what happened when I reminded myself that I have enough time and that there is plenty of time. So as soon as I had that thought, I got off my phone because I had been scrolling on my phone on social media trying to look up cozy games that I want to play and I decided to pull out my little notebook and write out my list, my menu of options for the things that I want to do, that I love to do, the things that are important to me. And kind of midway through writing that list, I just, you know, I was kind of processing this thought in this thought of like, oh, I haven't done anything today. I haven't done enough today. And I was like, oh my God, wait, like I had a light bulb moment Actually I have done so much today. I was ignoring it, right? Because again, default brain pattern networks, I look at the clock and say, "Oh my god, I don't have enough time. I've done nothing today." But it wasn't even true, right? I looked back and I had a session with a client today. I submitted all of my files, um what is it? Like my my video files for my video and audio editor to process for me. So I sent that to them. I went out to lunch with my boyfriend after he got his PET CT scan and that was a big emotional thing going on today. So like that was pretty heavy on me today. And I remembered that, wait, oh my gosh, I needed a gentle day today. (laughs) Like I actually have done a lot of things and I needed more rest today because it was kind of a big, heavy, emotional day with him getting his scan. And again, this thought of like, what if there is time? What if I have plenty of time? What if i have enough time it flipped everything over for me right and then i finished writing out my list and now i'm over here like i think right after that <laughs> i don't even think i finished my list did i no i wrote one two three four, like five things i wasn't finished with it but right as i was doing that i was like oh my gosh i have this idea for this podcast and i wrote out a note on my phone and then i came in here and i started <laughs> recording so like woo, win made my podcast this week so this is the power. This is the power of, how do I say it? Redirecting your brain, choosing to have different beliefs, being very intentional about your beliefs, um, having awareness about these, these sort of moments and these triggers and these default pathways that we have. This is the power of these brain changes and the beautiful, beautiful thing of neuroplasticity. And I've said this before, I believe, I will say it again, neuroplasticity doesn't mean that you will never have, you know, these default patterns. You'll you'll never have an inner critic. You'll never have that thought of you look at the time and immediately you think, yes, I have enough time. Um, sometimes, maybe, yes, but on hard days, it's kind of easy to fall back to the defaults. But what's different is, right, it's not the absence. Oh, ooh, yes, let me share, oh gosh, I'm gonna have to look up her name. Um, But I read this post from a creator on Instagram. I will have to find it, <laughs> but she wrote, like she was talking about trauma and she was talking about how trauma is not, healing trauma is not the absence of something. Healing trauma is the presence of something. And that is true here as well, right? We're not talking about the absence of something. We're not talking about, oh yeah, I'm never going to have these thoughts ever again. I'm never going to look at the clock and, you know, not think that, ah, like the day's gone. It's the presence of something, right? It's building resources, building supports, building tools that help your brain these gentle reminders, these affirmations, whatever it is for you that support your brain in how you want to feel instead. And yeah, I think that's the, that's the thought. How do you want to feel instead? Such an important question. How do you want to feel instead? Okay, my dear friends, thank you so much for listening. Thank you for being here with me. Thank you for journeying with me. I appreciate you. And don't forget, if you like this podcast, please rate it on Apple Podcasts or um, Spotify. It helps me so much. And don't forget to follow me on Instagram. My handle is at comfort and kindness. And also, if you're not on my email newsletter, it is awesome. And I just want to say it's super lovely to have love letters to your ADHD, ADHD brain in your inbox instead of spam or student loans, <laughs> student loan emails. Um, so choose fun, joyful, compassionate ADHD brain emails over student loan emails every day of the week. Okay, awesome friends. I will see you next week. Take care and have a wonderful week. Bye.